to I Feel For You, a podcast that chews the cud of life and explores ways to feel better that are real and accessible and non-snooty. I'm Dion, a creative coach, yoga, movement and meditation teacher and forever student, writer, DJ and human being. Hi, and I'm so glad that you're here. Welcome, my friend. I'm just back from Norway running my Bloom Spring Workshops in Bergen and Oslo, which featured lots of yoga and movement and creativity and meditation and energy explorations. My fave. Shout out to everyone who joined. Thank you so much for your vibes. And I realised that in planning these workshops, I could have spent an age talking about wellness related stuff to do with spring. And it seems that there's lots of you who are also interested in it too. So I wanted to put together an episode that's kind of a brief wellness guide featuring things that help me find balance and transition the seasons. And I really hope that that will serve you and inspire you too. So why explore this stuff? Well, syncing with the seasons can be really helpful for us to find balance in all ways. And I'm really inspired by the system of Ayurveda, which is yoga sister science. And it's very much focused on how we can use tools and techniques and rituals to return to balance and get more closely aligned with nature's giblets. Does nature have giblets? It does now. So in case you don't already know, Ayurveda, or sometimes people call it Ayurveda, is a Sanskrit word which means science or wisdom of life. And it's a philosophy that explores understanding the human body, mind and spirit. And as you know, there can be a tendency to feel a bit fromagey about those three words lumped together. You know, like a lot of jugglery folks posing with crossed lotus legs and palms together, or an elegant tree pose perhaps, wearing hemp clothing, and who, when upon speaking to you, they gaze into the middle distance whilst proclaiming how spiritual they are. You know what I'm talking about. There's a lot of serif Gaelic style fonts and lectures about their new Sanskrit name, and They boast about how they don't need money, even though they were raised very comfortably on a vast farmland in Dorset. And they go to Bali or India or some remote part of the jungle for an ayahuasca ceremony for the winter, whilst never encountering any quote-unquote locals, other than their shaman that endows them with spiritual powers that enable them to lead very expensive and exclusive trainings to Westerners, featuring an abundance of cacao ceremonies. Yet they call parts of non-gentrified London sketchy. Am I being too salty? You know it's true. And side note, I'm a big fan of cacao and hemp, maybe not as clothing, but anyway. Back to this connection between the mind, body and spirit. Use other names for them if you're now stuck on the Dorset farm. I love Dorset, but you know. Ayurveda is an ancient and vast system of medicine that has many branches. So despite me sharing Ayurveda-inspired tips and tricks, I'm not suggesting at all to ignore Western or capital O other medicine. Isn't it weird, the word Western? I mean, what does it even mean? Ask Alistair from Dorset. Okay, all right, I'm done with that. Just being shady. And I've just encountered too many fashion bindis chanting all lives matter. A conundrum for another day, I think. So as I say, with anything I share, do your own research, listen to your own body. In fact, that's the basis of Ayurveda, to be honest, to tune in and listen. Do what works for you. 
So this is a guide which I've tried to keep simple and condensed and concise. And please know that there's so many, many layers beneath all of this stuff. So use this as a place to wet your whistle and as a launch pad to dig deeper into the stuff that you vibe with. Okay? Yeah. Let's begin. Ah, oh, spring. An energetic transitional season. You might already be aware of the shifts and changes going on around you. We can see outside as things come to life and become greener, more outward after the dormancy of winter, blossom on the trees, flowers blooming and so on. Spring and autumn have a lot in common in the fact that they're transitional seasons. So there's lots of shifts going on, obviously. Winds tend to pick up and the weather can be a bit temperamental. So one thing we can expect is change. Shout out to last week's heat wave, by the way. And our environments have a massive impact on our bodies and minds. So let's think about what's going on during the spring season. So there's more light, warmth too, hopefully, and we tend to have showers. In fact, as I record, there is a shower going on outside, much needed as the plants have been quite parched these weeks. So in springtime, we have all these elements for new potential energy for growth. That's if we're open to receiving them, that is, right? So it's an opportunity to plant seeds physically and perhaps creatively too. Maybe we feel like starting new projects, getting more organised or clearer on a few things. So spring, in contrast to winter, which is a dark, damp, wet and dormant time, physiologically in the winter we might feel more introverted, going more inward into ourselves, spending more time indoors, and perhaps we feel more tired in the winter because there's simply less energy to put out there. There's less sun, more darkness and so on. So as the natural world shifts towards a lighter, more mobile season, it's inevitable that we too will experience changes. Physically, we might start to spend more time outside in the spring. Perhaps we find that we feel a bit more social. For some, especially those who can't deal with the warmer days, might find that the springtime changes can stir up a bit of frustration or anger. Try Brighton on a bank holiday Monday. Stress is not a great thing as we know, it weakens our immunity. And if there's one thing for sure about the spring, it's that the focus is on boosting our immunity and cleansing after the winter. And I'm gonna talk more about that during this podcast. So as I said, we know our environments have a huge impact on how we feel. I mean, if you haven't heard me talk about my life in Norway with eight month winters and no sunshine as a brown person, then listen to episode two for details, which is all about UK versus Norway and the art of chill. I also wrote a huge blog post about how I survived winters in Norway. So for those of you that are still in the depths of it, I hope you find that useful. I know there's some of you out there, so I'll link you in the show notes. So we can't deny the connection we have to nature because we're a part of it. Our bodies are an ecosystem that mirrors so much of what we experience in the natural world. So I think it's worth mentioning that spring as we know it isn't the same all over the globe. Some places don't even experience spring. And in some places there can be different patterns of weather that we experience. So for the sake of this podcast, the spring I'm exploring is one of the more temperate climates tends to be changeable, generally windy, sometimes wet, and it ranges from moderate to high-ish temperatures. So it can be really hot one moment and then cool the next. And at this point, I have that Disney song, April showers in my head. 
apologies for the earworm. So let's bring in some Ayurveda. So many of you know I've been really inspired by Ayurveda over the years and I find the system interesting and so much makes sense to my own experience. Of course, I'm also into loads of other systems like the energy body, Chinese medicine, tools like reflexology or cranial sacral therapy and various other body work. And just like my approach to yoga and movement, I'm a non-dogmatic kind of person. I don't feel the need to commit to only one, as I think there's so much value in exploring the interconnectivity of all kinds of holistic health stuff. But I'm also aware that it can get a bit of a bad rep, as there's so many stereotypes about it. Often, I think that it's a similar case with the yoga thing. So something starts as an idea and then a dominant ideology presents a lot of this stuff. And sometimes when that stuff gets mixed up with some powerful, problematic people who are a bit rotten, it can become distant. The idea gets further away and more inaccessible to everybody, which is crap, because we all deserve to feel better and to have access to tools that can help us on the road. But maybe that's another story. So I'm gonna talk a little bit about spring in relation to Ayurveda and offer some ideas about things to consider and potentially adapt and implement into real life. So in Ayurveda, they use a categorization method that puts everything into types or what they call doshas. Many of you know I'm not a massive fan of boxes and I will say that although there are just three general types of dosha in Ayurveda, we're all a mix of each of them and tend to be dominated by one particular dosha at any given time or a combination of two or three of them. It starts to get a little complicated as we as humans can have a dosha, but seasons can also have doshas. And there are certain yoga postures, for example, that balance out or aggravate particular doshas. Foods too. It's basically an endless and wonderful feast of fascination. So the three doshas in Ayurveda are used as types to categorize stuff and all things are comprised of one or more of the doshas. Those doshas are pitta, which is represented by the element of fire. Vata is the second type, which is comprised of air and ether elements, like this ether, the otherworldly entity. And kappa, which is comprised of the elements of earth and water. So if you haven't already, you can explore your own constitution by either visiting an Ayurvedic doctor or researching the different doshas. And there's so many quizzes and information online and in books that you can do to get an idea of what you might be. I'll link you up in the show notes to a couple of them in case it's of interest. So FYI, in case you didn't already know, I'm predominantly vata, and that means I'm governed by the elements of air and ether. However, as I said, we're all made up of a combination of these doshas and they can shift depending on our environment or our age, for example. But I hope I'm not getting too far ahead and overwhelming you here. Let's speak more about the spring and the element or the type of dosha that applies to it. So late winter and early springtime are known for being part of the kappa season. So the elements of kappa are earth and water, as I said, and if you think about those two elements, it's basically like clay. And the qualities of kappa are a bit clay-like, if you can imagine. So kind of soft and moist and heavy, static and solid. 
So we can think about this kind of heavy, cold and moist energy in the spring. So basically Ayurveda talks about what is outside is also on the inside. So if we think about what is going on in our environment, so right now it's raining outside, it's not super cold, it's somewhat temperate. The ground is quite soggy and moist. It's quite dense though, still. Things are thawing out buds are definitely in bloom but then it's still in this transitional process the trees are definitely green but they're not completely full in bloom like summertime so as i said earlier our environments have a big impact on our bodies and minds as above and so below so what's going on inside is often a reflection of what's going on outside so if we consider this in terms of our bodies, we might notice similarities with the doshas. So if you have a dominant kapha constitution, for example, you might be more sensitive to the environment. And all that means is to pay particular attention to what's going on outside. So in Ayurveda, one of the main principles is that like attracts like and opposites balance things out. So if there's too much kappa in the air, for example, if it's springtime and it's very kappa-like, that means there's going to be more kappa in the system. And if you're already a kappa type, it might lead to imbalances. So if you think about it, if you're adding more damp, heavy and lethargic energy to an already damp, heavy and lethargic season, side effects might mean things like low motivation or low mood or low energy, low digestive fire or a feeling of stuckness or being uninspired or motivated and so on. Does that make sense? So it's all about energy, I guess, and energy is real. And in a season that's dark, damp, heavy, cold, the most basic and simplest way to think about balancing things out is to introduce the opposite. As I said, like attracts like, opposites balance things out. So if we're feeling that kind of damp, heavy, cold or lethargic feeling, we add the opposite. So increasing warmth and lightness and movement could be helpful. So perhaps a super simplistic way of applying this principle is that on the lethargic days, rather than spending 20 hours of Netflix and chilling, perhaps I can seek to decrease my consumption a little and add a bit more movement to the mix. Do you know what I mean? God, I'm probably going to offend some really serious Ayurveda folks out there. Sorry, but hey, here we are. Do you? That is the most fundamental rule of all in Ayurveda. It's essentially a guidance system for you to just tune into what's going on with your body. So physically, mentally, emotionally, what's happening, notice it, maybe think about what's going on outside in the world and then see how you can kind of figure out a balance by remembering like attracts like, opposites balance things out. I hope that makes sense. Side note, always do you first and foremost. And what works for one person might not feel elegant for another. And also another side note, by lethargy, as I mentioned earlier, I don't mean exhaustion. If you're exhausted, the best thing you can do is rest, babes. Okay? Okay. So lots of salt here. Salt Bay, where are you? That meme is way too old to reference. Sorry about that. So let's take all this into some more practical applications. How do we sync up with the seasons? So here's some things to consider and think about when exploring taking care of yourself in the springtime. I'd say the most fundamental focus of spring wellness is to boost our immunity and to cleanse ourselves post winter time. And that might look like simply drinking more water or maybe introducing new things into your diet. 
perhaps cutting out stuff that makes you feel sluggish. Maybe it looks like breathing, focusing more on breathing better. There's so many different ways that you can interpret the information. So I just really want to emphasize that, yeah, there's lots of information and this stuff can get very complicated very quickly, but underneath it all, just take what works for you, leave the other stuff behind, all right? Good, all right, enough disclaimers. Let's talk about fluids and mountains, what? Okay, so in areas that tend to get snow in the winter, we notice on the outside in our environments that in the spring, the snow starts melting on the mountains. And when I was flying in and out of Bergen and Oslo, there was still a fair amount of snow up there, but gradually starting to see that it's lessening and that snow is becoming water, obviously, and it's trickling down. And as we've spoken about, our outside environment also reflects our insides. So we might find that in our bodies, there's a dislodging of our own fluids, for example. Mucus might become more present. (laughs) Stuff is flowing, if you know what I mean. And in some cases, when that's out of balance, we might notice consequences like getting a spring cold, our sinuses being on the blink and so on, maybe something like hay fever. And it's the shifts and the changes that cause our insides to also experience shifts and changes. So we might find that we're more susceptible to coughs and colds and congestion in our lymphatic system and general fluid retention in the periods before winter and summer. So one way to boost your immunity is to think about circulation. So keeping things moving and clear is a good idea. And breath work is an example of something that can help with that. Or things like massage. And you can do that yourself, especially if funds are tight. You can use pressure points to release sinus pressure, for example. Or simply find ways to go about your business in flow. I think it's worth saying that this is always a working progress, but especially during this time of year, it's best not to go in too hard. You know what I mean? I'm going to talk about that a bit later. So in relation to immunity and defending yourself from the seasonal colds is to protect your neck, which is really the best advice I've ever had. Protect your neck. And not only via the hip hop record of the same title. Some of you know I was diagnosed with a thyroid disorder a couple of years ago, and it really reframed so much of my practice and approach to quote unquote health. I'm using inverted commas here, obviously, because health is a relative concept, right? There's many different interpretations and there's many people out there that want to define what health is and what unhealthiness is. So again, do your own research, do you? So the thyroid gland is located in the throat and essentially it governs our hormones and thus all of our systems. It's essentially responsible for keeping everything in balance and it's a very fine balance. So if one little thing is out of sync, it can have a catastrophic effect on other things, which really isn't fun, I can tell you, but it only makes me appreciate this wonderful ecosystem of a carcass we're responsible for even more. So some of you know I've got a lot of theories about the throat and the thyroid and think a lot about this region of the body energetically, physically and so on. And especially in these times of tech neck, 
There's lots of sayings about this region too, like, you know, there's something stuck in your throat or the cat's got your tongue or protect your neck, as I said earlier, or the idea that something can be a pain in the neck, which are kind of interesting to explore and dig deeper into. Maybe I'll save that for another time and maybe you go on your own adventures, but essentially making sure your neck is warm is a really useful thing, especially those of you with thyroid disorders. Do some research on that and, you know, let's talk about it. Another way that can help you get more in sync with the spring season is to think about being lighter um, in terms of movement and shifts. And I'm not talking about someone who had a program called Lighter recently. I'm not even going to mention them because I don't even want to give energy towards that. But um, let it also be known I'm not talking about body weight here. I'm not talking about uh, lightness in colour. And I'm also definitely not telling you what to eat because I feel really weird about that and the reason why well I wrote about it a couple of times many times I'll link those things for you in the show notes rather than rant on here the whole food weirdness stuff is something that's really close to my heart and it's a whole topic to be honest and I'd love to explore it more in future but you know I've made a note here and essentially Here are some suggestions of guidelines around it in relation to Ayurveda and springtime, but please just do what's right for your body in it. So some ways to add more lightness to balance out the dark from the wintertime might involve getting up earlier, for example, or perhaps incorporating more easily digestible foods into your diet. And that, again, is relative, right? Because we're all different and we all kind of digest stuff in different ways. Some of us have intolerances and find it more difficult to break down certain foods and drinks, for example. But if we think about nature, it kind of shows us ideal stuff to eat around this time of year, depending on where you live. Again, it's relative because in Norway, what really grows? I know stuff grows there, but you know what I mean? Like it's it's literally hard to grow much at all there. But generally, spring greens are abundant around this time of year. They can be ideal. It's kind of bitter, astringent flavor that works well. And basically after winter, which is a time when our digestive fire is low, we tend to like reduce energy in all ways, we can feel a bit sluggish. So it can be helpful to add more things to our diet that stimulates and stokes our digestive fire. And when our digestive fire is higher, it helps with our immunity as well. So things that help to stoke the fire might include spices like ginger and nutmeg and cinnamon, for example. Ginger is also great, of course, at supporting our immune system. So adding something to your routine like, I don't know, grated fresh ginger and lemon to your mornings or before meals can be supportive. But again, it is relative. So see what works for you. Lightness might look like releasing low and heavy energy and incorporating more lightness into your routine. So that could look like getting rid of stuff that weighs you down, like clearing out the wardrobe or getting rid of toxic people, for example. Yeah, it's a big one. Release what's not helpful, like the blossom falls from the tree. So avoiding unnecessary tension where possible is always helpful, I think. Do you know what I mean? And SSWV said, release some tension, babes. 
Something like essential oils might be interesting if you're into that. This is not sponsored. I'm not affiliated with any particular brand. You know what I'm talking about. But in terms of essential oils, I'm shifting that up to kind of bring a bit more lightness into my home environment. So things like um, fennel or geranium can be really good for boosting moods. Uh, Also the citruses can be great essential oils to incorporate, things like grapefruit or lemon or orange. Um, Also lavender can be great at this time of year and helpful for bugs if you're getting kind of mosquitoes and things like that. Peppermint too is also a nice light oil and can also help with bugs and so on. So let's talk a bit about movement because movement is a great way to find balance in the spring season. So we know that in the winter, it's a more sedentary season. We can often feel lethargic and heavy. Maybe we're tired and unmotivated as there's of course less light, less warmth and less sunshine. And that's very normal and natural for us to experience. However, we might have been experiencing imbalances around winter that might have led us to being down and maybe even having depression and my friend if that's speaking to you right now I really urge you to reach out and get some support to help you to feel better talk to a friend book an appointment with the doctors and please trust and know that things can get better and you deserve to feel better okay you're important okay so movement as a way to balance the stagnancy and staticness of the winter season. That might look like some kind of fluidity and maybe we feel a bit stuck in our ways, maybe less motivated, possibly lethargic and resistant to change. So when considering ways to sync up with the spring season, remember that opposites balance things out. So increasing movement can be a great idea. And I like to think about it in terms of finding flow or yeah, just finding fluidity, as I mentioned earlier. So more fluidity, less sedentary stuff. Generally, we want to stimulate stuff, but not too much. And it's really important point, I think, not to overexert yourself and then get sick, right? It's all about the balance. So movement and exercise can be helpful to increase circulation, but take it easy and avoid the hardcore push. You know that tends to happen. As soon as the sun comes out, there's suddenly loads of joggers everywhere and people going hard and getting this like weird boot camp style, like get fit for summer bikinis and all that crap, which is just absurd. I'm sorry, if that works for you, then great. But you know, if you've got a body, you've got a bikini body do you know what I mean I know that's a bit of a Pinterest quote these days but do you know what I'm saying like just look after your body in general like just embrace it first and foremost this is going into another topic but maybe I'm going to do a separate podcast on this whole body image thing food related weird stuff that tends to go along with this wellness stuff for some reason really confusing to me because yeah We want to have a healthy relationship with ourselves and one that is accepting of who we are and hopefully compassionate and loving towards ourselves and doing the stuff that makes us feel good first and foremost before anything else right rather than being stuck on someone else's idea of how we should look okay i'm starting to rant now so let's bring it back we're talking about movement and exercise and not going over the top right not pushing too hard, even though there is more sunshine, hopefully where you are, there is more light and perhaps we feel that increase in energy. Um, But in Ayurveda, it's recommended that this time of year, 
it's actually really good to book some time off to rest around this time to support yourself during the transition because as I've said earlier it's the time where there tends to be a bit of low immunity because of the shifts and changes you know a lot of stuff is going on so resting and making sure we've got enough sleep is really really helpful but of course it's not always accessible to consider just swanning off on holidays so perhaps prioritizing self-care is a really good idea for you and if you want some ideas of how to do that I've got a blog post actually I've got loads of blog posts for you to check out I've got some resources for you to do with self-care some that include shifting your state some that include creating a self-care box which I find a really helpful thing to do and also a self-care manifesto so I'm going to link those things for you in the notes by the way all the notes as you know will be under dion.space forward slash podcast this is episode 12 you can also head to ifeelforyoupodcast.com you'll take it straight there you can head to my blog dion.space forward slash blog there's a whole section there of blog posts to do with self-care so head on over and have a feast take care of you so around this time of year in the spring, it's, t- it's common to feel lethargic. And that might seem a bit counterintuitive because it's like it's sunny and like, oh, I've got energy, but at the same time, I'm still a bit knackered. So please know that that's okay. And a nice tool that I found helpful to shift my state, particularly in the mornings actually, with like morning lethargy, is skin rubbing, which is kind of what it sounds like. That does actually sound gross, doesn't it? Skin rubbing. I don't know, maybe it actually sounds a bit raunchy. I don't know. Anyway, the simplest thing to do this is just using your hands on your cheeks and then rubbing your face vigorously a few times. Like, try it. Side note, perhaps if you've just beaten your face, you know, maybe it's not the most ideal thing. And by beaten, I mean like makeup, right? We're, we're on the same page, right? You get the gist, rubbing your cheeks real fast. And I'm also a big fan of skin tapping. And if you've been to my autumn and spring workshops or to a retreat, chances are you've tried this. It's a really quick and effective way to just boost circulation via your biggest organ, your skin. And when we boost circulation, we boost our immune system, right? Getting things flowing, getting things moving. Is this kind of making sense? It's all so interconnected, this stuff. So yeah, just keep an open mind. Don't feel like you've got to kind of read up on all of the information, but just apply what makes sense for you but essentially we're just thinking about the opposites of what's happening in the winter time and then seeing how we can sync up with that in our bodies so more fluidity more lightness boosting circulation reducing stress boosting our immune system right and essentially all this comes down to is the idea of opening up to the new season blooming if you like hence the name of my workshops i will put a link for them in the show notes because i did write a bit about this spring transition stuff and ayurveda stuff so in case that's useful for you to read up on then please take what is useful there's also a vision board in there because i'm extra and because i'm extra extra there's a playlist as well for the springtime i hope you enjoy that you could also just go to dion.space forward slash bergen spring workshops or forward slash oslo spring workshops take your pick or head to the show notes obviously
so when we think about blooming energetically, it's this idea of coming out of our shell, maybe a more expansive outward energy. And that isn't always easy, particularly if you're an introvert like me. So I think the key is getting the right balance of inward and outward energy, which leads me to balance. Balance is key to all of this stuff, like not just Ayurveda, not just spring wellness, but life. And as I've mentioned so many times, whether it's on this podcast, in blog posts or at events that I lead with yoga and movement, meditation and all that stuff, balance is something that's always in transition. There's never one time where everything is completely balanced out. It's a process, right? So try not to get too hung up on like the perfection of being in balance. Trust that it is a process and that It is all about tuning in and listening to yourself, listening to your body and what you need. I really feel that's the most important part in all of this stuff. Listen to your body above all and do what feels right for you. Notice the changes and work with them in ways that are sustainable for you. Tune into what you need and what you find useful. And one of the most effective tools I find in my own practice is meditation. And I know that that can also throw up a bit of resistance in people because you know some folks will tell you you need to do meditation in a particular way and there's lots of rules meditation can kind of bring up a bit of resistance in people and I appreciate that it took me 15 years to like get a regular meditation practice that's why I'm sitting down each day to really invest in that space for myself and I'm not saying that it should be a struggle at all. Some people just find it absolutely necessary. I guess what I wanna make clear with the whole meditation thing is that again, it's not a one size fits all. Some people like to meditate every day. Some people like to meditate twice a day. Some people do it once a week. Making it accessible for you is the most important thing of all. Ideally, you want something that's a bit consistent, but that might not look like daily for you. Or if it is daily, maybe it's a very short amount of time in the day. So try not to add more tension and more resistance by doing something that you think is good for yourself. Do you know what I mean? Like there's no point in like stressing over making a green juice every morning if it's costing you a fortune and taking you loads of time in the day. That's just more stress. Leave that behind and find something else that works better, that makes you feel more at ease and makes you feel better, right? And so with regards to the meditation thing, as I totally understand what it's like to feel resistance around it I've been making something behind the scenes and I've got a little gift for you which is a free music and meditation that Fina Man and I made and it's part of our music and meditation project that some of you might have heard of before so Shettle is a musician and we are both quite into meditation and find it a really useful way of tapping into more space for ourselves it's great for reducing stress levels and most of all I think for both of us we found it really helpful for creativity so opening up space for creativity to thrive right so this meditation that we've made is one that focuses specifically on balance and it's free as I said and you can get a link to stream or download it by going to dion.space forward slash meditation The link will also be in the show notes, ifeelforyoupodcast.com. And this is episode 12. 
Also, I have a free yoga and movement video for you, which is all about embracing the springtime. So I really hope that's useful for you. I'm going to put that in the notes. Let me know how you go. So that's it for now. I mean, that was a lot and I really could go on, but we've got lives to live, right? (laughs) Thank you so much for making it through till the end. I really hope there's something there that's useful for you, for you to take and adapt, or maybe just use as a starting point to continue your journey and explorations as we transition to the spring season. And if you're interested in more free resources, I send out a weekly mail. It's called The Digest. And in it, there's lots of motivational ideas for you and inspiration and lots of stuff that I make for you to enjoy, hopefully. You can subscribe to that by going to dion.space forward slash digest. And if you're interested in working one-to-one with me in one of my creative coaching programs, I'm now booking a limited number of slots in June onwards. I think there's two spaces left now in June and more in July. So if you're interested in getting supported to design and live your best life and to feel more free and clear with more space, more connected and inspired, just get in touch. You can head to dion.space forward slash creative coaching, or you can head to the show notes and I will link you up with all the deets. And feel welcome to come and chat to me on the internet somewhere. You can find me hanging out in various places like Instagram or Twitter or my secretish Tumblr. I'll link you in the show notes. And if you dug this podcast, perhaps consider subscribing and or rating and or sending it to someone else that might find it useful. I really, really appreciate you and really appreciate your feedback. So feel free to get in touch. There is an email for the show. It's ifeelforyoupodcast at gmail.com. I always love to hear from you. So without further ado, I'm going to pack up and head out into this spring inclement weather. (laughs) But thank you so, so much for listening and supporting this podcast. It means so much to hear that this is useful for you. So thank you. Thank you for listening and thank you for being there. I feel for you. Have a great spring transition. Bye.